All right, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. The regular season has wrapped up, Wiz, and we are on to the very exciting wild card weekend, as like they call it in the NFL. And uh, for the first time ever, we are going to have a Monday night football playoff game spread out over three days. Six games should be a lot of fun. Wiz, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing well. And uh, boy, week 18. What a way to end the season to see uh, the Lions, the Jaguars, and the Texans all fight and fight. And, uh, oh, boy, the, the Texans almost ruined the Titans getting the number one seed. The Jaguars knocked the Colts out of the playoffs. And um, and, and the Lions just, boy, did they play great uh, the last half of the year and uh, playing hard and uh Team Brown, and uh, there's, 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 there's a lot to like going forward for the Lions, um, the way they finished off the season. I know you and I both like looking at that, how teams kind of end off. Some surprises with Flores being fired. That was kind of unexpected. But, uh, yeah, it was it was a wild 18, and I would say it was kind of like a, a kind of a, an appropriate way to end this season because this has been one wild and wacky season. Oh, yeah, and, and you think about it. I mean, I, I think very good that you highlighted those performances by those teams fighting until the end. Uh, that's what you should do in fantasy as well, but teams fighting until the very end, and hopefully some of that success that they had in the last week spills over. Unfortunately, David Culley lost his job today uh, in, in Texas, and you know he was dealt an awful hand all year long, uh, managed to squeeze four wins out of that team, which I think is impressive. You know, Davis Mills actually came on as the season went along. Uh, you mentioned the Lions. I think uh, I, I see a lot of similarities in this Lions team to what we saw from the Dolphins a couple of years ago when they won five games. Games, but they were very spunky in the second half of the season. Uh, I think complete crap that uh, Flores gets fired, and hopefully he lands on his feet in another job. A team, a team that won 19 games. And by the way, Tua has not played well. That team had a lot of injuries this year, and the fact they were able to do what they did, uh, kudos to him and, and the job he's done. He's one of those apples that's fallen from the Belichick tree that's actually still a little shiny compared to some of the other rotten ones that have fallen from that tree. So uh, good to see there, Wiz. But yeah, a crazy end to the season in that last game, which almost ended up in a tie. Uh, it could have ended up in a tie without that timeout by Brandon Staley. You could talk about that all day long. Uh, but nonetheless, Carlson kicks the field goal. Uh, they win the ball game and the Raiders are overcoming uh, a plethora of just mishaps everywhere you looked. And the fact that they're in the playoffs is, is also quite a surprising thing. So yeah, I agree with you. A absolutely wild football season this year and, you know, dealing with COVID in the second half of the year, it, it was something that I don't think any of us really expected to the extent that it became, but it be, you know, look, I hope it doesn't disturb the playoffs. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it, it was definitely a crazy ending to the season. And you know, some of what we're going to talk about today, Wiz, is kind of review some of the good, the bad, and um, talk about you know some of our impressions maybe on the season. Uh, do that. I, I know we're excited to talk on uh, uh, maybe tomorrow or Saturday morning um, about the first week of the playoffs and give our views in terms of prop bets and uh, game lines as well. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that. You know, what I was thinking about when you, we were discussing that we were going to just talk about kind of the season and review, how it went for us, and just some thoughts is, I think, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think a common mistake that is made by a lot of, you know, people out there in the fantasy football community is, it's very, very, they're very result-orientated. And um, I, when I look at it, it's, 
Not, you know, there, there are reasons that you could win a game that maybe you shouldn't have won and lose a game that you shouldn't have lost. But instead of just looking at results, to me, um, I, I, I like looking at the process, the strategies, the thinking, how that worked, what went right, what went wrong, and really uh, trying to build on what went right and try and correct the things that went wrong. And uh, I don't know, I just don't, I don't feel it's always should be result oriented. What was the bottom line? How many championships you won? How many championships did you make? Uh, how many playoffs did you make? Uh, you know, what was your win loss record? I think you, you have to look along the lines. Things happen along the line. And it's very important to, to go back and think about what your thinking was at the start of the season going into the draft what you were right about, what you missed out on. Were you able to reverse and pivot on some things? And I, I think the process, to me, has always been more important than just the result. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. And I think we, we kind of talked about this, like, as far as preparation goes, when we were actually talking about draft preparation. You know, sometimes when you get into the draft, things happen that you're not expected in terms of how it kind of plays out, you know, with your fellow league members. Uh, and, and much the same, I think, during the season, your, your ability to kind of navigate challenges, uh, which you do see at a draft, but you're going to see that over the course of the season. Uh, like you said, kind of the most important important thing to kind of work on and, and actually analyze. And I think, you know, I'll, I'll kind of kick it off with, you know, and you know I've kind of talked about this uh, kind of at length the last few seasons, and, and, and it's kind of my zero running back strategy where, you know, I almost go into these into these drafts thinking like, let, let's see who's left at the end. I, I decide I'm not really going to pay up and, and not go crazy at the running back position. You know, once again, we've saw, saw Christian McCaffrey uh, disappoint, you know, going for the most amount of money in auction drafts and, uh, and probably the number one pick in almost all snake drafts and him getting hurt. I know you talked about uh, the concern around the workloads for a player like Derrick Henry. And this year that kind of came back to bite him. He's going to be bouncing back for the playoffs. So, so a lot of that stuff. So, so that's one of the strategies that I've kind of played into in most of my leagues. Um, and, and I'll probably continue to lean on that strategy going forward. It's not to say that once in a while, I'm not going to pay up for one or two of these backs, but, but I'm going to be very patient at that position. And I think patience paid off a lot this year. Uh, there was a lot of bargains to be had on waiver wires when it came to running backs. Yeah. I mean, if you think about which, which players were on league winners, I mean, I haven't seen, um, what the results of this are usually they'll have like which players won the most league winners, especially on ESPN. But if someone would have told me that the best, the, you know, the two main players uh, at running back and wide receiver were going to be Rashad Penny and Amon St. Brown in the fantasy football playoffs, I don't even know what kind of odds you got could have gotten on that. But it just goes, you know, it just it just shows like all of these running backs. We could save Jonathan Taylor because he was he, he was great all year long, but you know you could just go down the list of disappointments. McCaffrey hurt, Henry hurt, Barkley hurt, Elliott banged up all year and, and and not looking like himself. These are all running backs. When you go back, uh, they're all certainly first round or very very close to being taken in the first round and. Uh, once again, I think, you know, I'm just wondering to when the mind, you know, it's going to shift to where people are going to say, okay, instead of it being leading with running backs, we're going to do, you know, the elite tight ends, these elite five receivers, and maybe uh, a few quarterbacks. And then 
a scattered one or two running backs. I wonder if that's going to shift based on what's taken place these last few years. Yeah, it should. I do want to say something. You know, you mentioned Taylor. Another one of our favorite players is Nick Chubb. I personally don't think there's a, too much of a difference between those two players in terms of you know, the way they play the game, uh, the, the the offensive lines that they both play with. Um, good fullback in the case of uh, in, in the case of the Cleveland Browns, and I don't think they differ that much in ability. But guess what? You know, this year uh, twenty. So uh, Jonathan Taylor had forty catches. Nick Chubb twenty. Uh, Jonathan Taylor carried the ball one hundred times more than Nick Chubb. By the way, Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor averaged the same amount of yards per carry, five and a half, and they were one-two in yards after contact. Chubb was actually one, Jonathan Taylor was two. So I don't think there's much difference in the two players and their abilities. Maybe you'll disagree with me, but the usage was very, very different for both of those players this year. Nah, they're both they're they're both elite. I mean, at this point, you know, I don't know about the mileage on Henry, but I, I wouldn't. Those would be the first two running backs that I would take on my team. Uh, you know, as far as the stats go, the the big difference is, assuming that they're both healthy, is, you know, I just think Kareem Hunt eats into enough of the carries of Chubb to make the difference. By no means am I saying Nick Chubb is not a lead, and, he's, and, and I'm not saying that he's not a running back one. He absolutely is. But I just think that at the end of the day, if Kareem Hunt is healthy, he just may eat just slightly enough to make the difference. But uh, to your point, I would take either guy on my team any day, any day of the week. Yeah, one other thing, Wiz, I think both of us kind of hit on before the season started. We thought volume was going to be a big deal for Najee Harris. And Najee Harris, if you look at most leagues, he ended up being the third running back in terms of scoring for, for a rookie. Not a good offensive line, but the volume that the players saw, both in the rushing and the passing. You know, Najee Harris touched the ball 307 times in terms of carries, and he had 74 catches, uh, by far the most amongst running backs. Yeah, they just don't have another guy on their roster. I mean, the, the day that they signed him, he was the he became the best running back from the team um, by by a, by a long way. So, yeah, volume was going to be the case with him. There's a lot of upside with that player. I mean, if their offense could get better, um, you know, and and, and there was some, I know we we both touched on this and we're kind of like shaking our heads throughout the year. There was some peculiar play calling by the Steelers when they got inside the five-yard line, too, where I think, you know, all things being equal, he probably could have had another three to five touchdowns uh, easily more this season. Yeah, you know, and it's funny, a player that you and I kind of both thought was going to be uh, you know, at least I definitely felt you were a little bit more on the on the Stevenson train, but we knew that a running back in New England was going to going to make a difference in terms of last year they had like no rushing touchdowns with Cam Newton, and this year it ended up being Damius Harris who had 15 touchdowns. Uh, I think Ramondre Stevenson is also a talented running back, uh, banged up a little bit at times, but but that that came back. You know, players like that when they're touching the ball on the goal line, uh, look at I don't think anybody saw. I think James Conner tied with Austin Eckler for the most touchdowns this year. I don't think anybody had that on their radar to start the season with. No, no, no question about that. James Conner was a, an amazing surprise for the people that believed in him. Uh, I, I was not a believer. I, I just felt that he had taken its toll on with the injuries and he had a new lease on life. So I was, 
I had, I did not have James Conner on any of my teams in any of my fantasy leagues this year. I was not a believer, so yeah, I was I was completely uh, completely wrong about him. And uh, it was nice to see Eckler kind of like rebound and become an elite fantasy running back um, again this year. Um, I know you've been high on him, and uh, last year he was a little bit of you know banged up, hurt a lot, and um, and this year he was he was back in the form. I mean, a big part of that Chargers offense. So <clears throat> yeah, some of these guys rebounded nicely, and uh, it just it just makes the running back situation it just really makes it difficult to grab these guys so early in drafts and snake drafts and pay up for them in auction drafts when you see year in, year out, these guys who aren't even drafted or or kind of like backups play so well in the end of the season and uh, actually could be league winners. Yeah, look, uh, Leonard Fournette is another example, right? Well, now, I mean, this year he was probably drafted a little bit more, but uh, given the way he finished last year, but again, Fournette, uh, with his catching ability, I know he got hurt late in the season, but another very, really strong season from Leonard Fournette in, in that Tampa Bay offense. Um, I, I think the biggest surprise on waiver wires was uh, a player that is going to be 31 next year and a free agent next year, but Arthur Smith found a way to use the player correctly. Uh, I know he definitely tailed off at the end of the season, but no question, if you were a, a pickup, a, a guy who picked up or you drafted Cordaro Patterson, uh, this was a huge first half of the season. He made a big difference in, in why teams were successful early on in the season. Probably the waiver wire pickup of the year. I would say, uh, in terms of players that were not drafted. Yeah, especially that he, and I'm sure in most leagues, I know in our league, he ended up with dual eligibility where you could put him at running back or receiver on a weekly, you know, on a weekly basis. So you have him playing so well. And then, um, and then the fact that he has the dual eligibility, but what's interesting with him is uh, I'm wondering if somebody's going to offer him money. He's an unrestricted free agent and uh, not sure if he's going to go elsewhere. If someone's going to, you know, look at this past season and say, ah, uh, you know, I don't know if that's a fluke or if they think that, you know, if he's used in the right way, he could be a really good offensive player. So he's unrestricted free agent. So I'm, I'm willing to, I'm, I'm curious to see if someone's going to kind of try and pry him away from the Falcons. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, the other thing was, you know, I tried to employ a strategy where I, I, I felt that you know, there's always been a lot of success running the football with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Mostert, we talked about before the season, talented when he touches the ball, explosive, but he gets hurt a lot. So I thought I was doing the smart thing in a few leagues where I had Mostert and Sermon together. Uh, it ended up that Trey Sermon was playing special teams most of the year. Uh, of course, Wilson came off the injured list late, but uh, it wasn't correct. Well, and Mostert did get hurt, uh, as he normally does. But Trey Sermon, like I said, was nowhere to be found. It was Elijah Mitchell, who's the the guy picked after Trey Sermon, who ended up being the guy that you wanted to carry the football for you for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't give up on Trey Sermon yet. I'm not giving up on him going into next year. I just think he just couldn't get his footing. I mean, he was, you know, started off slow, and then he got hurt, and then in the game that he seemed to be the only running back left standing on his first carry, he got concussed. And then after that, he just could never get going. But I think he's too talented of a player to be, you know, relegated to special teams. As a matter of fact, I'm positive of that. It's just a matter of if, if Kyle Shanahan is going to use him and wants to use him, um, 
you know, and, and go, going forward next year. But uh, certainly a talented player that I think shouldn't be forgotten. Uh, Moise, let me ask you, like, you know, Penny now uh, going to be a free agent as well. I mean, that is going to be an interesting one to watch. And I think people, like you said, if you saw the success that Penny had late in the season, a player that will probably garner some attention depending on where he lands next year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he, he made himself a lot of money, I think, these last couple of, you know, games for the Seahawks. And uh, he's another guy, you know, just so much talent coming out of college. And, you know, he was going to unseat Chris Carson, and then he always seemed to get hurt and had these nagging injuries. Then he had the, the – he started playing well, and then he had the bad, the bad injury that kept him out for most of the year. But – he got on the field and he looked electric. And uh, I, I think there's going to be some team that's going to, you know, offer him some money to 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 see if that wasn't a fluke. And uh, I think I think the way he played the last couple of seasons, I mean, the last couple of games this year, is going to make him some money. But just thinking about the Seahawks, I don't know what the future of that team is. I don't know if the coach will be back. I don't know if Russell Wilson will be back. Um, the offense again similar to last year, went through so such these these droughts offensively where it looks like the other team knows exactly what play they're calling. Um, what do you make of the Seahawks in terms of the coach, the quarterback, and basically their organization at this point? Yeah, look, I think there's a lot of changes. that, are, that you know we, There was a lot of noise going into this current, current season, and uh, I think there's a lot of noise going on right now. And I think uh, this team was extremely inconsistent. Obviously, Russell Wilson got hurt during the year. It was a very sloppy year, not, not one of the Seahawks' best efforts. And obviously, Pete Carroll, one of the older coaches in the league. So it'll be very interesting to see the direction that the Seahawks go in the offseason. And uh, I do have some concerns that they, they start to rip the whole thing apart. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily um, disagree with that. I just think it started becoming disjointed in the offseason when Russell Wilson named teams that he would be traded to. It was an odd thing for the agent to come out and do. He, was, he didn't do that on his own. That had to be from Russell Wilson. So it, it's very confusing, but uh, we'll have to see where some of these quarterbacks end up and where they land next year. Um, the Russell Wilsons, the Aaron Rodgers, the Deshaun Watsons, and a few of these other quarterbacks, where they end up are going to be uh, – it's going to be a very, very interesting offseason. Yeah, and I think, you know, most of the top-tier guys at quarterback uh, had solid seasons. I know you were a big believer this year in Tom Brady, and it was hard not to be a believer, and it, it worked out very well. Uh, I thought Justin Herbert would return to the current, to the status that he kind of fell, uh, finished with last year, and he ended up being, I think, in most leagues, probably because he held up the whole season, didn't get hurt, but in terms of total points, I think he, and actually weekly points, I think he was the third scoring uh, tight, uh, sorry, quarterback of, of all quarterbacks. So an impressive year from him. Uh, we know John McKenna doesn't necessarily have a really good uh, opinion on football. Uh, he said Joe Burrow was going to be a bust. Uh, I, I said, you mean a bust in Canton? Uh, and, certainly at <laughs> and certainly at times this year, uh, he definitely looked like he's on his way to a Hall of Fame career. Uh, and ama amazing chemistry with uh, Jamar Chase, his former teammate. I think you and I both thought Matthew Stafford 
Stafford in this Ram system would excel, um, and he did do that this year, a, a very, very solid season from him. I, I don't feel that there was a lot of surprises at the quarterback position. We know guys were regressing. Uh, we, 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 we definitely were skeptical of, of what was happening in Denver. Uh, we know that there was a lot of surprises when it came to a guy like Carson Wentz. We didn't know what was going to happen in terms of, you know, and that ended up being a focal point where they're running the football. Um, I think at times, uh, you know, quarterback was probably one of the easier positions to kind of play around with when it came to fantasy. Uh, you had a lot of good choices and when it came to your drafts. Yeah, I mean, I, I had Tom, ended up with Tom Brady in almost every one of my leagues. It's, it's something that I really don't do that often where I'm, you know, trying to get one player. But the reason why it helped me out so much this year is because, yeah, Tom Brady finished, you know, the only quarterback I think that threw for over, maybe one other, somebody else threw for 5,000 yards. But, you know, over, throwing over 5,000 yards, throwing 43 touchdowns. But the thing is, I got such value out of him because in snake drafts, he was really going probably like the 10th or 12th best quarterback. I was able to draft him in, in many of these snake drafts in like round seven and eight. And quarterbacks, I just knew he was going to outperform, which is going so much earlier. And, and uh, you know, that was the reason. Because, yeah, I know the age and all of that stuff, but you have to look at the surrounding talent that he had. And uh, the thing is, he probably would have broken some NFL records had he had Brown, Goodwin, and I mean Brown Godwin and and um, and Mike Evans all year and Gronkowski all year and Fournette all year, but there were injuries and I don't know how many play how many games all of those guys played together, but it couldn't have been more than maybe four or five. So um, the value I got with Brady that's what really helped me this year. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because some of these quarterbacks, like I'm I'm interested to see where a quarterback like Lamar Jackson is viewed at or ranked going into next year because now you have to worry about his running. Is that going to be something that they hold back on? And if it is, he's then not a really an elite fantasy quarterback because he's not a great passer of the ball. The running and the yards and the rushing touchdowns is what gives him that, that value. So, you know, what do you think about a guy like Lamar Jackson in terms of how to look at him going into next year? Yeah, I think both Lamar Jackson, I would throw Kyla Murray into that as well. And another disappointing second half of the season where Murray wasn't running as much, dealing with an injury as well. So I think both those quarterbacks will come into the coming season with a little bit more skepticism. I think the interesting thing is obviously his mom is his agent, uh, but Lamar Jackson is going to be trying to negotiate a contract. I, I don't know if he's going to get one of those big contract deals at, at the quarterback position that some of these other guys have been able to garner. I think there's some question marks around that, Wiz. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree with that. I, I just I just don't know. I mean, I just don't know how you could give him the kind of money that some of these other quarterbacks who you know are great throwers of the football um are going to get and have gotten. So that is going to make that is going to make a difficult uh a difficult situation. Any anything else Are there any like players that you hit on that you know you felt good about in terms of like sleepers that maybe many people didn't think of that you hit on for this year? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I came in, uh, given the situation, I don't know if you remember what I said, I felt that the Lions didn't have a heck of a lot of receivers coming into the season, um, and they were going to probably be playing from behind a lot. 
Uh, I didn't count on um, Swift going down, uh, TJ Hawkinson going down. Uh, I wasn't able to get him uh, at the draft in, 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 our, Pelham, in, our, in our Pelham Bronx League. Um, I'm on St. Brown I'm talking about. He was a player that I did draft in, in two other leagues, but not, not in that league. Uh, I ended up being able to pick him up during the season because he ended up getting dropped. Uh, and it played out. I just thought it was a perfect situation where they didn't have a lot of talent. And he was in the right spot. I thought Goff was a guy that, you know, given his uh, limited uh, abilities, was going to probably look to check down a lot. And that was a player that would benefit from it. So that was one guy I got right. Uh, I would say I did not get right uh, in terms of which Los Angeles Ram wide receiver was going to have the bigger year. I did say that there was a chance for both guys to be in the top 10. Obviously, Woods went down. I thought he had the potential out of the two of those guys to have the better season. Cooper Cup ends up having a record-breaking season, uh, heads and shoulders above everybody else. In a, in a situation where I could have kept a player like Debo Samuel for a dollar, but I was so scarred by his injuries last year, and I didn't keep the player. And certainly he stayed on the field for the most part and was such an explosive player, uh, a guy that basically plays in, in a hybrid role. Uh, you know, Definitely missed on that. Uh, I, I think the one guy that I kind of drafted kind of quietly in a few leagues that ended up being a big difference maker for me just was the most consistent guy in this offense was Jacoby Myers, uh, who, who caught a lot of footballs, not a lot of touchdowns, but he was really a consistent guy. Uh, you know, just o- overall, you know, a couple of hits, a couple of misses. Um, I think, you know, this year was a little frustrating when you were dealing with guys like Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs, who were extremely consistent last year. That's not to say they didn't have good years this year, but it was a little bit more inconsistent in terms of their performances. I think the one thing that wide receivers showed us was is it's still the deepest position out there, and you have the ability to bob and weave. And the last thing I would say, you and I have been preaching to people to stay away from Julio Jones and I hope to God people listen to us. <laughs> yeah, it was. What makes you know what I shake my head at is I think most fantasy people, uh, the fan, I think most people in the fantasy football community have got the memo on that. Why didn't the Titans get the memo on that? That's a that's a hell of a good question. Although he did have a good. <laughs> Michael, giving up like pricks and all kinds of stuff to get Julio Jones. I mean, I he just. He just isn't the same guy. He's just wearing tear, and um, yeah, I just feel like uh, I, ju- I just feel like you know I don't understand. He's he's not really anything more at this point than a complimentary player. Yeah, I also think one other thing I want to mention is you know, you and I have talked the last couple of years about the Raiders not using Hunter Renfro properly. Now, granted, Ruggs obviously had the tragedy where he did uh, where where he committed that crime. Uh, Waller was out this year, but. You know, the Raiders figured out how important that Hunter Renfro and how good a wide receiver is, and he had a monster season this year. And as well, Wiz, we, we talked about those rookie receivers. We thought that Waddle was going to have a, a huge year. He did. Um, I think some people shied away from Jamar Chase, by the way, after those preseason drops, but the people that kind of stuck with him and, and that chemistry that he had with Burrow, uh, that, that certainly played out uh, on the upside for those people who believed in Jamar Chase. Yeah, so a hit and miss, a, hit, a big hit and a big miss for me. Um, the miss was T.J. Hawkinson, who I, I just convinced has all the talent in the world, but couldn't stay on the field. And I was just, you know, he's just struggling through injuries. And and then when he was playing, Jared Goff was terrible early in the year and couldn't get him the ball. So that was a miss for me. And Jalen Waddle, I drafted in five leagues, including two keeper leagues. And I'll just say this. Um, 
if they get better surrounding talent and a quarterback or an offensive-minded coach that will use him the right way, um, he, he, look out. He is going to be an elite receiver in this league. And uh, him and Jamar Chase, I believe, are going to take this league by storm uh, in terms of uh, at the receiver position going forward. And I think they'll both be ranked inside the top 15, uh, very, very close to top 12 receivers going to next year. You know, tremendous yards and touchdowns for Chase and Waddle with over 100 receptions with not nearly the surrounding talent that Cincinnati has, nor the quarterback play, nor the offensive play calling that Cincinnati has, and still putting up those numbers, um, Jalen Waddell is going to be an elite wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, a lot of tremendous talent coming out of the SEC uh, at the wide receiver position, and I don't disagree with anything that you've said. Was uh, I will say this, outside at the tight end position, once you got away from those top three or four guys that we kind of know who they are, the Kittles, the Kelseys, uh, Mark Andrews, who had a tremendous season, uh, you know, a lot of depth at the position, and I still think, you know, going into your league strategies, if you don't get one of those guys, uh, you know, you have a lot, of, a lot of different players that are contributing players at the tight end position uh, there is it's a position that you don't need to panic on you could be very patient because there's a lot of ability you know kind of from the sixth seventh ranked tight end to the 15th to 18th ranked tight end very very close in terms of production and fantasy yeah i mean you know i watch kelsey all year and i'm having a tough time with this i mean do you think like some of the drops and I don't know. He's also now coming out from more series and his snap count is in high. Do you see a situation where like going into next year, assuming all of them are healthy, that maybe Kyle Pitts is going to join the fray with Andrews and Waller and Kelsey and Kittle. And those guys are all going to be kind of like in the same grouping. I guess what I'm getting at, do you feel Kelsey has kind of come back a little bit to the pack at tight end? Yeah, Kelsey's going to be 32 next year, Wiz. So, uh, you know, I think that's something to bear in mind. Uh, a lot of mileage on that body. He's a big guy, yes, but he's taken a lot of pounding. He's one of these guys that bounces back up after every hit. Uh, but, you know, they have some talent uh, backing him up in, in, in uh, Noah Gray, who they drafted, and, and Blake Bell. So you could see him spelled a lot more. And I think... You know, look, the, the Kansas City Chiefs won a lot differently than they, they've won in the past couple of years. And I think they, they went about it in a, in a very different manner this year. And I wouldn't be surprised to see that workload uh, continue to diminish as, as, uh, as uh, he gets older in years. Absolutely. Excellent uh, stuff. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, the, the, the last thing I want to talk about, Wiz, is defense. And, you know, I, I would say this year, you just, if you had the ability to navigate defenses in terms of, especially in leagues where it's very common to see streaming, this was a fantastic year because there were so many bad offenses this year. So you had a lot of selection on a week-to-week basis. I know you and I were partners in a league. We we kind of set up our schedule that way. So if you're in these leagues where guys are constantly picking up, dropping defenses, just know, especially if the offensive inabilities come back to haunt. Because, look, there were just seven or eight teams by the end of the year, Wiz, that just couldn't do anything when it came to moving the football. Uh, and you put a little wind and you put a little rain and you put a little snow in the combination, it made it even worse. So I think having flexibility at defense uh, is something that's very necessary when it comes to fantasy. And I think it proved to be a very good strategy, just kind of making sure you were on top of the schedule and who was coming up. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I agree completely. I think we're in the, we're at the uh, you know stage in the NFL where there just aren't any completely shut down elite defenses. I mean, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin and say who's definitely uh, you know an elite defense. I mean, the Patriots are a solid defense, but I wouldn't call them elite where they're going to go and shut down a great offense. Um, you know, Buffalo, but you know they're a, they're a good defense. Green Bay's a good defense. Tampa Bay's not the same defense. I've seen just some of these teams that are supposed to be you know good defenses. You know, have other teams with pretty good offenses move up and down the field. Them, so I don't I don't agree. I mean, I I just agree with the fact that there are no elite shutdown defenses. So I really feel streaky defenses, and instead of trying to pick up an elite defense or try and over-concern yourself with having an elite defense, you're better off just trying to pick up a defense that's playing against a terrible offense. Yeah, I agree, and I, and I think if you're confident in your abilities to kind of, you know, be able to navigate that, and especially if you think you're going to make the playoffs, you know, start looking early on in your season uh, to figure out your playoff matchups, something that we attempted to do uh, in the league that we're partners in, so... Yeah, I think that's that's an important point to really, you know, look ahead with that stuff. And uh, again, um, you really shouldn't be overpaying for defenses drafting early. I know we had one guy in one league that <clears throat> I mean, I, you know, we're, we oppose each other. Uh, one GM in a twenty-round snake draft took the Rams defense with the ninth pick. Must be it's probably the silliest thing I ever heard of. I mean. Um, you know, they in that league, they didn't even finish as a top 12 defense and to take them so early. So I think you're better off seeing how it plays out and streaming defenses and, and, and worrying and concerning yourself more with picking up, a, uh, picking up a defense that's going up against one of these terrible offenses that can't move the ball, back up quarterbacks with all of this stuff than, than trying to overpay and worry about which defense is going to be elite because I just I don't see it with any team in the NFL. Yep, I'm in a complete agreement with you, Wiz. Okay, great. So that's going to wrap this one up, Gurren Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, Spotify, Apple App, Apple Podcasts, and uh, SoundCloud. Uh, again, we're going to take you through the playoffs. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, our game predictions and our player props uh, for the wild card weekend. Uh, so tune in for that one. Wiz, great job today, and uh, look forward to catching up on that later in the week. Yeah, thanks a lot. You can do the same.